This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Good morning, Cherries fans, and welcome to this latest episode here are up the Cherries in all departments of Cherry Picking. It is the last Cherry Picking before the end, last game of the season. Um, there is going to be one more next week, which we are going to have a little look over all our predictions and see whether or not we were right. Um, we were wrong. Um, but firstly, let's get stuck into this. But I have got to my left, no, to my left, to my right, I don't know. I have got Mr. Matthew Harrison. How are you doing, Matt? Good morning, everybody. Nice to be here for another bumper edition of Cherry Picking. Excellent. Looking forward to it. So, a uh, lot to cover. Fantastic. So, yeah, going to enjoy it. Do you know what it is? It's because when I film myself, I point to the left, but it actually looks like I'm pointing to the right, and it just completely confuses me. Um, there's no confusion with me is there (laughs) but Um, yes we have got Manny just down below that's a nice easy one isn't it (laughs) that's right easy easy like tomorrow morning as it were as Lionel Richie would say and uh, yep always happy to do this happy to have been doing this the whole season and um, yeah today should be good next uh, the next one should be better but uh, let's get this one underway Definitely, definitely. And just before we get going, hello to everybody on Spotify that is listening to to us on there. Um, so do let us know what you think. And do come over to the YouTube channel if you want to see our lovely mugs and um, watch us instead. And of course, we've done some really, really good content this week. Um, the videos have gone a little bit mad, haven't they? Um I'm thinking probably about six or seven videos in a week. Need to calm it down a little bit. But hey-ho, it's been fun. It's been fun. So, where do we start? Where do we start? Um, We've covered off the Manchester United game in quite some detail. I think, you know, we will come to Everton. We will come to this big game. 
Um, to be honest, I've been talking about this game all week. Um, so let's yes. talk about something different, shall we? Yeah, <laughs> shall we talk about players that have worn the number 17 shirt? And this number was picked by Helen Doe. Hello, Helen. Hope you're well. And do you want to run through it, Matt? Yeah. Almost like Heaven Seventeen. This could be Helen Seventeen, as it were. He's full of it. Do do you know what? It's brilliant. Seeing as I've I interviewed a musician this week, and you know what? That video, I've got to say, was such a pleasure to do because Ocean Colour Scene. I absolutely loved them growing up. Um, The day I caught the train, and we caught the train, I should say, the Riverboat song, watching TFI Friday. Um, I keep calling it TFI Fridays, but of course I mix it up with TGI Fridays, which of course is the restaurant chain, or was the restaurant chain. Um, The one in Paul's closed down, actually. But um, yeah, it was an absolute pleasure to do. So yeah, Heaven 17s. Helen seventeen. I've Helen, see you've Helen got me. 17s. Helen Heaven. seventeens. There you go. <laughs> Helen's Heaven seventeens. Go on. Let's take it away. Let's go with the first one <laughs> from nineteen ninety nine. William Huck. Um. Don't think Manny. Maybe had to guess. The, well. You might be able to guess the um, link, um, but uh, we signed Huck from Arsenal. Believe it or not, he was an Arsenal ah. youngster. Yeah, he was an Arsenal youngster. Um, Coming as a left-sided midfielder, um, fielding at left back a few times as well. And to be fair, he looked pretty decent at left back. Hmm. Um, unfortunately, he was unable to really get a good run in the team for any sort of real length of period of time. Um, so it was kind of, you know, amongst the substitutes or or not in the squad, really. Um, but, yeah, when we first signed him, he looked like quite an exciting player. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, didn't materialise out to much. Yeah, um, um, I think the reason why you're able to get him is because, um, you know, Arsene Wenger came in in the middle of the 96-97 season. And of course, in 98, we won the double. So we were starting to build um, a new exciting team with the likes of Overmars and Petit and Vieira and so forth. We even let Ian Wright leave the club. David Platt also retired after that double winning season. So um, it wasn't... Um, I just don't know if... Um, Arsene was really keen on promoting too many youth players at the time. But so that's probably why um, Huck wasn't able to um, have much luck, as it were. Yeah. Huck had no luck. <laughs> <laughs> He's full of rhymes today, isn't he? Um, he? Of course, AS Monaco, of course, um, where Arsene Wenger was, wasn't he, before, if I'm right in thinking, Manny? Uh, he was, he was, but... Um, Actually, he sort of came to Arsenal via Nagoya Grampus 8 in Japan, where, of course, a certain Gary yes. Winston Lineker ended his footballing career after playing mm-hmm. for Spurs and England. So, yeah, obviously, um, I think, uh, yeah, hopefully he had some had, had some good... Um, I want to just take a look and see how many games he played um, for Monaco. 
again, not too many. Scored a few, but then... I, no. Yeah, yeah, he was at Monaco as a youth player and then moved on to um, some other clubs in France, I think. Yeah. I wonder, um, you know, if it was one of Arsenal Wenger's backroom team or if Arsenal saw some promise in him at a young, young age. Um, you know, sometimes these young players look fantastic on the training pitch and then when it transitions into, you know, the big games, not always you know that that promising but no it's quite an interesting story that one um the last time well the last anybody knows of him he was at a club called van de pora that's a mouthful um of course in france um it's and- van de pora that sounds better <laughs> that does sound better yeah rather than my broken french um I don't think he's there anymore by the looks of things. So there we go. There we Ooh. go. Wait, he's, he would be 44 years old now. Yep, 44 exactly. Would he? Yeah, yeah 44 years old. 44 See? Years the encyclopedias of knowledge we are here. Yeah. So That's... make sure you hit a subscribe and then, you know, you'll get more and more useless information <laughs> to be honest we love it we love it <laughs> go on matt move on to the next one yes somebody that we would know uh alan connell yes yes now when he joined us um come from ipswich uh, mm-hmm. amongst the youth team i think he was recommended by matt holland um, to Sean O'Driscoll, I believe yeah. that's the story. Um, but the season with the playoff final, 2003 playoff final, um, he had a nasty injury, um, quite early on in the season, but he was quite prolific at the start of that season. I think he scored something like, like seven goals in nine games or something like that. Then he broke his leg. Yeah. I think, I think I was there, Exeter. Extra away, rings a bell. I think he broke his leg, ended his season. Um, but he was really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. Eventually, obviously, we let him go. Um, unfortunately, um, but he did obviously make a comeback. Which, uh, when we do another shirt number, we'll see his comeback. But um, yeah, yeah, he was always a talented player. Um, I even remember watching him play for uh, Paul Town a few times, and uh, that was quite funny. When uh, you see the ex-pro on the pitch and um, the opposition, I can't remember who they were. I remember they were wearing a purple kit, and uh, this was a Tuesday night game, and they brought mm. on this big bloke. You know, we were calling him Ruddock on the sidelines. Yeah. Uh, and they brought him on purely just to crunch the ex-pro, which was Alan <laughs> Um But yeah, um, giving Paul Town a little bit of a shout out there. Um, Didn't he play in the same team as Charlie Austin? Or did their pass? No, 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 no. This was right at the end of his career. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I occasionally pop down there because obviously I only live a stone stone throw away from Tattenham so um, 
myself and the father-in-law sometimes goes down and just watch a bit of football on a, on a Tuesday night. And, um, yeah, we watched Alan a couple of times play for football. Like I said, <laughs> he got crunched by this proper, proper big, big player. He just sat on the bed. He could do 90 minutes, but he did 15 and um, come on. And it was you could see the, the manager pointing at, you know, Connell, that's your man. Get on him. Yeah. <laughs> he did. He crunched him, put him out of the game. But, um, yeah, good, good player. Good player. Yeah. Um, also played in a Carborero or Capital One Cup final, mm-hmm. I believe. Was was it Bradford? Bradford City, I believe. Yeah. I th- think you're yeah. right. I think you're right. Is there we one? are. That is Andrew Sermon. Andrew Sermon, yeah. When he first had his uh, first... Mm-hmm. Uh, time down here uh on loan yeah. from uh the saints mm-hmm. from what i can remember made quite a good impact on his loan spell um i think he was yeah. there for the season i think he was on loan for the season um you can see he was a talented player then and you know he was gonna have a decent career and a decent career he did go on to have didn't he and um of course come back come back again in, in, in the uh, championship era, which soon became the Premier League era. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and he's now back again. Um, they should call him Boomerang Sermon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he loves it. He loves it. He's um, now obviously part of the under-18 setup, isn't he? Um, mm-hmm. And isn't Alan Connell a part of that setup too, the development co- squad manager? He's he he is yeah yeah he was promoted from under 18s to um was it under 23s I think he's under 23 manager yeah, so. he took over from um Sean Cooper mm-hmm. so yeah so um yeah absolutely right Manny spot on spot on thank you here's one here's one for the record books. Now I couldn't actually find him, picture of him in the number seventeen shirt. Um, <laughs> as, as you can see there, um, he's wearing the number eleven on his shorts. There, that's actually a reserve game, and the mm-hmm. way you can tell that's a reserve game is because if you look at the shirt, it says Seaward Deu. Mm-hmm. Whereas on the home shirts for the first team, it was Seaward Vauxhall. Yes. So. Um, yeah, and in the other picture there, he's got number eight on his shorts. I could only find pictures of him playing in reserve games. Um, this guy is called Connell Platt. Yes, yeah. Connell Platt. I'm trying to think of who else he played for, Connell Platt. Um, well, funny feeling, Port Vale was one of them. Mm. Uh, no. No? Nope. Liverpool youth, who of course went on to Bournemouth, didn't play a first team game for either of those clubs, had loan spells at Morecambe and Weymouth, joined Weymouth and then moved on to the likes of uh, Rushton and Diamonds, Forest Green Rovers, Cambridge United and Lincoln City. Mm-hmm. And um, sort of in the lower divisions for the most part. Ah. So that'd be why I couldn't find it, find a picture of him. <laughs> In his, his actual allocated squad number because he uh, didn't actually play in it. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Now Manny said Liverpool. I do remember him coming from the Liverpool setup. Now, mm-hmm. now Manny's mentioned that. But uh, yeah. I remember the Weymouth, you know, connection because I, I seem to. Do you know what I mean? I, you know, I do take an interest sometimes in Weymouth. You know, of course they they've gone through such a bad time. They seem to bob up, don't they, into the national league and then drop all the way back down. And then they rise all the way back up, and they just seem to, because they've gone back down to where they were again. I believe um, one of the Bournemouth sides—I don't know which side it is—has mm-hmm. got a pre-season friendly at Weymouth. I believe. Yeah. And I know that because um, someone uh, is playing for Weymouth at. Uh, I know of, and um, I think some of us are good. If it's a Saturday, some of us are going to go down there on a bit of a Beano. And, yes, uh, Beano to uh, Weymouth. And uh, have a few drinks and watch some football, even if it's the under-18s or whoever. But um, <laughs> Yeah, Weymouth, funny funny side, aren't they? They're a bit of a yo-yo. Yeah. Seems to be getting somewhere, get a manager in place. Like um, when Mark Mosey was there, he did extremely well mm-hmm. um, and was um, looking like he was going to, take that club far but obviously the temptation of league football um took him away from uh Weymouth and um he took the challenge at South End at the time didn't he um yeah yeah you're absolutely right they're a bit of a yo-yo but um yeah well cheers for that Manny because I didn't realize he played for so many clubs so um it's always nice to nice to uh, find out some facts about um old players that you know have been in gone Definitely, definitely. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to help. Ah, uh, here we go. That's Max Gradle. This is Max Gradle. Yeah, fantastic. This kiddie was awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Even when he was this age, he was fantastic. On loan from Leicester. Um, I just—he was such a great, pacey, energetic player. Yeah, just hungry for the ball all the time. Um, little tricky player, you know. You wouldn't want to be a fullback defending against him, um, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just, you know, at the time when he left, it was a shame he did leave. But obviously, as the fairy tale continued, he would, uh, he would obviously grace the shirt again. But um, yeah, fantastic little player, and you could see why he went on to earn international honours and play at a decent level for vast majority if not all of his career really yep over 100 caps for the ivory coast and a member of the uh, side that won the uh, cup of nations in 2015 there you what go a star he's been yeah. yeah what career what career but after mr gradle we had mr mccoyd yes um who's also represented uh, Weymouth, as we were on the Weymouth subject. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you know, a few weeks ago it was announced the um, unfortunate illness that um, Mm -hmm. he he currently has, uh, which obviously we we touched on a little while ago. Yeah. I'm not aware of any updates. I don't know if, if, if anyone else has seen any updates, but um, 
April the 30th. Um, it was just before the Leeds game, wasn't it? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, it was just before the Leeds game. Um, but yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, Josh makes a full recovery. Um, yeah, we all send our love and support from from the channel. Definitely, most definitely. Absolutely. The shirt was vacant for a little while. Mm. The shirt was vacant for a little while, and then this man come in. Josh King. Who obviously, I'm sure we would touch on again a little later on. Um, yes. Uh, another subject, uh, another topic of the show. But um, mm. yeah. Um, so yeah, he was one with a number 17. And bang up to date. Jack Stacy. Jack, Jack Stacy. Stacy, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll cover him off as well. Um, we should cover him very, very shortly. So, but yeah. that's worn the number 17s. Yeah. Uh, number 17 shirts over the years. Um, and next week, we do already have um, a shirt number that was picked. Um, yeah. It was picked um, on our Facebook page. There was a uh, post a few weeks back. Uh, no, not even a few weeks back. I think it was... Um, it's the same time uh, as Helen picked this one, wasn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. And on the same comment as um, Helen, um, another number was picked, which I'm just trying to remember what it was. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I know it was uh, a lad called Harvey. Yes, it was. Um, yeah, it was Harvey Taylor. And next week for the last cherry picking uh, for the summer, it will be the number five. The number five. Mm. So there we are. There we are. So that will be our next cherry picking number. Um, so that is, um, of course, the numbers do submit your requests for the new season as well, because we will probably come back to that, won't we? As well, yes, Matt. Yeah, yeah, we will. We will come yeah. back to that definitely. Um, that will return in August. Yes. Well, let's go on to our next piece, which let's bring that up now. And we said about Jack Stacy players out of contract. Do they stay? Or do they go? Um, so the FC Bournemouth have a number of players that are out of contract this summer. Um, you know, there is obvious ones. There's also some not so obvious ones as well. Um, so what we're going to do is run the rule over each of these and decide, shall we renew these players or shall we not? Do remember that the squad sizes, if I'm right in thinking, guys, it remains at 25 next season, or is it being extended by the Premier League? Um, as far as I'm aware, it's 25. It is still 25. Right, cool. Well, let's go through these. So we'll keep that number in mind because we'll probably make some signings as well. Starting off with somebody who has been here for a long time, Junior Stanislas, um, of course, was fantastic in the Premier League for the club. Um, got us there in the first place as well, part of that team. Um, 
has been very unfortunate with injuries. Uh, signed back in 2014, so he is nearly, nearly at what you would call the testimonial stage. Uh, what yes. do you reckon? Yes, he is very nearly at the uh, testimonial stage. Um, Two seasons to go, according to my calculations. So I think it's for 10 yet seasons, right? That's correct, yeah. It yeah, is, yeah. It would be um, after Oi. he reached the 26th of June 2024. would be when he would be... So that season would be cast as his testimonial year. Um, what can you say um, about... A superb player like Junior Stanislas. Um, nice man, dedicated player, hardworking. Good player, good player. Um, you know, uh, the championship season of 2020 21 uh, was his most prolific in front of goal. Yes. Um, you know, and he had a really, really good season that year. But I mean, if you look back through his, through his record, um, like the first season he played for us, um, you know, 20 appearances, he scored twice. Mm-hmm. Then I got promoted. Um, he scored five goals in his first season in the Premier. Um, you know, well, three in the Premier, two in the Cup that year. Um, I think yeah. two of them was against, was two of them against Everton? Was it two against Everton? Or uh, yes, it was. Them? Yeah, it was. Um, um, he's got a knack of that, hasn't he? Yeah, and... It, He's been a real good performer, but the only thing is, is as you can see throughout those seasons, especially in the last two, this one and and, and last season, his mm. injury form is is his form is, is through injury is just just ham. It's been hampered. His career has been hampered towards the end of yeah. end of it, and even during the mid mid part of his his career, he's had. He's, he's picked up injuries, which has been a real shame because when he has played for Bournemouth, he's been a real, real asset, a real decent player to watch. Agree. Um, but, you know, his contract is coming up to the end now. And as you know, we can only have a certain number of players in the Premier League squad. Um, so it's a case of uh, we'll put it round to the three of us. And um, Craig, you can go first. Do you sign him up or do you release it's horrible to say it, but I would have to release him because he's a lovely man. He's, you know, a model professional. He's been very unfortunate with injuries. You know, if that wasn't the case, I would say, yeah, you know, sign him up. You know, he's still got, you know, another season maybe in him on a short-term contract. The, the problem is, is the Premier League is so brutal that you can't really take carry anybody. And maybe, you know, the time has come for him to maybe drop into the championship and find another club. You know, I wouldn't begrudge him actually going to that lot down the M27. Um, you know, I think he would be an asset to them next season because I don't think they're going to find it particularly easy. But... I think personally, there's too much of a risk at this level. And I think that we have kind of, he's kind of digressed. And of course, the players that we're bringing in um, and what we will expect to bring in during this summer um, at this point in time, if you compare Junior now to a player coming in now, 
I I can't see where Junior's. It would be unfair on him to actually keep him at the club. I think because he wouldn't get game time. Hmm. I'd have to agree with that completely, and I think I should actually um, apologise for a mistake because uh, taking a look at his um, profile, um, he has completed nine seasons, and this would be his tenth season. Um, would that be enough for a testimonial? I'm not, testimonial, I'm not too sure, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, with his um, game time having um, dried up, as as both of you have said, it's a question of um, you know, it, it becomes a bit of a luxury, and you can't really afford to keep players like that, but. Um, I don't know what his situation is. Is he still um, fit enough to be a part of the squad? Because um, there is a part of me that wouldn't mind um, Gary O'Neill taking him in, uh, putting him in the squad and maybe giving him a final um, run out, as it were, Goodison Park, maybe. Uh, but again, if, sent, if um, you know, seriousness and ruthlessness dictates that you can't do that, then so be it. And I think I, I'm going to have to agree with the both of you. It is going to have to be time for him to move on. It is really sad that um, it's come to this. And I think uh, Manchester United fans have a similar tale with um, Phil Jones. um, Yes. Making it clear that he would uh, leave the club as well. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as you've said, Craig, it's a brutal league and, you know, you can't really carry, um, you know, passengers for the sake of it. And um, that's sort of how it proves. And, uh, yeah, I think think it it might be time to say bye-bye, Junior. Yeah, Yeah, I I, unfortunately... um... Like I say, love the player. Yeah, I've got his name and his number on one of my shirts. Um, unfortunately, I think from a footballing decision, a football perspective, um, I release. Do you think he will make an appearance maybe this weekend just for a last hurrah? I so I think if he's going to make an appearance, Craig, I think he might turn up for. Um, Steve Cook's testimonial. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree. Although saying that, if he does make an appearance this weekend, um, you could probably hear a pin drop around Goodison Park because he does like scoring against them. Uh, He does. does. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, uh, 40,000 Scousers will be shitting themselves, put nicely. Um, (laughs) Um, Hardly nicely, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we move on? (laughs) Our contract player then, Junior Stanislas, we decide to release. Our next player is Jack Stevens. So his loan ends... So, 17 games for us. He's looked good at times. Mm-hmm. Um, do we sign up or do we send back? What's the argument, Craig? I'd sign him up. I'd sign him up. Um, I think he's dependable. You know, he's good in the air. Um, he's solid. He's one of those players. He's a little bit like Steve Cook and Simon Francis, where... You know, well, they just get on with their job quietly. Um, and that is Jack Stevens. That's Jack Stevens. Um, I'd sign him up. Short-term deal. It's obvious. He probably feels a bit regretful. Is he still, is he still under contract at Saints? I don't know, actually. Um, I, I, think he, I, I thought he had a year to go on his Saints contract. I think he has, but I think they'll probably let him go because of the amount 
of money he's on wage-wise. Um, so I think it probably will be a cut price deal, but I would pay it. And I think, you know, getting me up, you know, here for a year, um, you never know what might happen. You know, we might, Zabarini, uh, Zabarni, yeah, sorry, I keep calling him Zabarini, I keep making him Italian, um, or um, Senesi might get injured, Senesi might leave the club if this Man City rumour is true, I don't think it is, but... Um, but then again, and, we do also have a player called Chris Meppen. Exactly, yeah, that's very true, but I just feel that... Jack Stevens, when he come in, prof- provided a bit more of a steal. You know, Chris Meffham, at the start of this season, if you remember, I was saying, I don't think he's up to it. I don't think he's... And he's come out of the woodwork and shown that he can do it at this level. So I don't always get this right. But I think Jack Stevens, sign him up, I think, a one-year deal. I wouldn't go higher than that. Um, a one-year deal, cut price figure um he's not going to cost a lot and he's going to when called upon he's going to do his work um you know very very well and quietly as well yeah interesting mr manny what do you think when it comes to um stevens i think it's um uh it's it's uh, clear to see that he is quite highly valued. The only problem is he is, of course, on loan from your neighbours um, up the M27, as you rightly said. So they're going to have the final say. And given that they've gotten relegated, um, they are going to want to see him as someone who will be fairly integral to their um, attempts to try to stay up. Sure, they're going to release a lot of players, um, uh, either due to um, them being effectively surplus to requirements or... Um, ironically, being exceptionally important that they don't want to leave them and yeah. let them go. And I think Stevens could fall into the latter category. Um, so they're going to have the final say. So um, if you can sign him maybe for a year with an option of going even further, then that would be um, terrific. The only problem is having had him for a season on loan, if you only sign him for one year, he may possibly feel as though, you know, he's not really being, he's being given the short end of the stick here. So um, you might have to be very careful with him. And also, if you've got Senesi and Zaberni and uh, Mepham and one or two other defenders, the question will be asked, will he get um, adequate game time? Although you definitely need some competition for places with the competition. So, yeah, um, I'd say try to get him, but good luck taking him from a Saints team who are going to need all the uh, help they can get. Why else do you think they um, pulled um, Jan Bednarik back from Aston Villa? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, they're going to need Stevens, in my opinion. I, th- I think I think you're right. I mean, I I'm I'm kind of on the fence with this one. Um, and I'll tell you I'll tell you for why. Mm-hmm. Um, look at it from the Saints' perspective. I know what you just said, Craig, about the money he's on, but yeah, you know, clubs do tend to sometimes normally put a relegation clause into a contract, don't they? Yeah. Um, Imagine if Southampton was sensible, there'd be relegation clauses um, in the majority of the contracts that they, they've given their players. So mm-hmm. that might mean he's, his money goes down and Southampton want to retain him because it's going to be a very, very hard championship season. And you're going to need depth in squad. Mm. And I think, looking at it, if I was the incoming Southampton manager, 
and he is still under contract to Saints, I'd be having him back. From our perspective, where are we in the transfer window? What are we looking at? What's our targets? Are we we targeting somebody, in no disrespect to Stevens, that might be younger and and a better footballer? So it depends on the club's targeting as well. Um, Would I be disheartened if we signed him? No, not at all. Because, like I say, he he has performed well this season. Um, But it depends on what direction the club's going in, I think, with this one. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Um, the only thing I would say with the relegation clauses is he might feel quite bitter about that because, of course, he's been here the whole season. He hasn't been relegated. His parent com- club have. So what's he going to do? Is he going to say, look, you know, I think that would he'd be probably quite frustrated to have had a decent season with ourselves and then... Find right, okay. Your money's gone down. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be a funny one. This one, I think. Um, yeah, completely agree. So, we've got uh, what was it two sign ups and one on the fence? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. We'll look at um, our next player out of contract. Go on, I think this is going to uh, be a very interesting one. Oh, well, I know exactly what I think here. Yeah, yeah stay, well, please stay. These, these headlines, Craig, are current headlines. They're on here. And it seems to be Crystal Palace all over it. Um, I think this is going to drag on, you know. I still think this is going to drag on. Um, I don't need to say anything on this player apart from please stay. Um, you know, my head tells me one thing and my heart tells me another, you know, my head tells me that I think he's going, my heart tells me he's staying. Um, and that's, you know, can you, can you imagine a Bournemouth midfield without him? To be honest, if he goes, I can't imagine him staying, you know, in the Premier League. If he goes, I can't imagine him staying in the Premier League. I think it will be to Spain. I can't see... You know, one of the articles there says Burnley. Why in a million years would you go to Burnley? You know, a side that have recently been promoted. Yeah, they have got Vincent Company, But at the same time, Vincent Company, great player. He's a new manager. He's done very well there. But, you know, that's necessarily, it's a huge risk there. Crystal Palace, well, they are going to finish higher than us, let's be honest. But at the same time, they have got very, very talented team. Now, the only reason what, why I think Palace might be eyeing Jefferson Lerma up is because they're going to get big money for either Erebeshiezi or Michael Elise. I think probably the latter. I think they're probably going to get big, big money because there was the rumour of PSG being in for Elise. And Elise is not going to come cheap at all. Um, If I'm right in thinking, I've seen bits and pieces saying about 50, 60 million. Mm. Well, this would obviously be a free transfer, wouldn't it? So 
it would only exactly to, it would only add to the signing on fee and and you know they could give him a bumper signing on fee if that's the case um, well that's the thing is you know they they let um Elise go for that big money they give Lerma a big signing on fee they're not having to pay anything to Bournemouth for the player and it might even push his wages up because they're using some of that Elise fee to offset Lerma's wages. It would make perfect business sense that, to be perfectly honest. But at the same time, why wouldn't you stay at Bournemouth considering both clubs are, Crystal Palace aren't the biggest. You know, if they are selling these sort of players, they're, you know, not... If they were keeping Elise and Eze and... Say, for example, Palace was saying, look, you know, come play with these two players in particular. You'd go, yeah, that makes perfect sense. But I I can't imagine Palace keeping hold of Elise. Maybe they might not keep hold of either of them. Um, In which case, is it really that much of a good move? No, not from my perspective. No. The thing about Lerma with me is that he's clearly become much loved by the uh, Bournemouth faithful. And he also loves the club so much that, as you say, Craig, um, it would be a wrench to go to another club in the Premier League and um, run the risk of having to uh, to come back to Dean Court and play. It just wouldn't really feel right. And if it is the uh, family issues that are sort of um, influencing his decision, as you say, he'll want to move somewhere else in Europe. Uh, Crystal Palace themselves aren't necessarily an attractive proposition because, yes, they've managed to win some games and score some goals under Roy Hodgson. He's got um, Eze and Zaha scoring goals again. But, uh, you know, there's a question mark over his future at um, uh, Selhurst Park. Will he stay for one more season? And even if it is for one more season, why would Lerma want to go to a club which could very well be in a little bit of a state of um, flux, as you say, selling some of their players, will they be as good next season as they have been these past few games? Um, If I were Lerma, the choice for me would be to um, either stay at Dean Court or move to Europe. And um, if, um, you know, there is a happy conclusion and um, he ends up deciding to stay at Bournemouth, then um, the more the merrier. I mean, he will feel the love from the fans, but he also will have to take into consideration what he can do for his family. And uh, maybe there'll be a resolution. I, I do hope he does stay with um, you lot. But, uh, um, you know, in the end, the decision is his, just as the decision on whether or not to buy Stevens will probably end up being with Southampton. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. But I would keep him, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got nothing to say on it apart from please stay. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't. You know, I can I can talk about Lerma and all night. Um, yeah. But obviously, as we like to keep uh, cherry pickings to a certain time scale, um, I can't see the Palace move myself. I agree with Manny. No. Um, it's not such an attractive proposition, is it? Um, and if he's going to go anywhere, he will go back to mainland Europe, Spain, somewhere like that. You'd imagine so. You know, it's a, say, for example, if you replaced Crystal Palace with Arsenal there, you could say, right, OK, there's a reason 
for going. Oh, mate, I'd like love Arsenal. him at Arsenal. I would love him at Arsenal. I mean, you know, there's <laughs> question marks over um, Jorginho and Thomas Partey. You know, if I if we could get someone like him with his um, quality at the club, um, defensive midfielder, of course, um, mm-hmm. 33 caps for, for Colombia, 28, someone who has um, a great deal of energy, I would bite your hand off, but... Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I, I don't think I don't think Arteta is really interested in him. Shows how much he knows about talent ID. I mean, look, he gave away Emmy Martin as he went on to win to win the World Cup for Pete's sake. Well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, let's, let's have a look at the next one. Yeah. Um, so Lerma is a decision between all of us that he needs to stay. He must stay. He must be in that midfield next season. Yeah, he should be locked in the cupboard and, you know, not allowed out because I think, you know, he's that good. Right, <laughs> moving on. So, <laughs> Matthias Vina. Vina, so, yeah, on loan from Roma with a view to signing for £15 million. I would absolutely sign him straight away. No-brainer. Agree. Now, if you look at it from squad um, depth, um, you've got Kelly, who's been playing left back recently, been performing well. Um, if we sign this lad here, mm-hmm. you know we're losing Jordan Zamora, as we well know. You've got two decent left backs, which one of those left backs can play in the centre. Um, attacking, he gives us so much more of an attacking option from full back. So if you're playing a back five, which I'm yeah. sure we're going to do at times next season, he's going to be absolutely superb, as he's proven already. Um, in 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 the back five formation, um, I think is like I say, his attacking is is wonderful. Mm-hmm. The way he gets forward, he's, and I love that about fullbacks. I love attacking fullbacks that want to get forward, that want to overlap the man, that want to cut in on side. Um, and this guy does that perfectly. And defensively, he's good as well. Um, mm-hmm. So for me. I'd be straight on the phone to Mr. Mourinho, um, sending that 15 million over because um, I, I think we should sign him. I really, really do. Completely agree. And to be honest, I hope that there's some sort of clause in there that says, you know, that we have got first refusal um, because I think he's a fantastic player. And I think he's actually worked out quite well. To my knowledge, Craig, we have. We have first refusal to sign on on on, on so excellent. I, I would I would hundred percent. Yeah, I agree completely. Oh, we... and, uh, sorry about that. Go ahead, mate. No, no, that's all. Right. All I was going to say is, I w- if I was Neil Blake, I wouldn't actually even call Mourinho. I'd just send fifteen million in the post and just say, yeah, cheers, mate. Being as ours. Well, yeah, let's... I mean, <laughs> you, you can't you can't send money in the post. You know that we have to be. Um, <laughs> You know, an RTGS bank transfer, you know, the um, protocol. And, yeah, I think um, he is certainly a promising talent. He has shown in the past um, few games that Bournemouth have played that um, he does um, offer a great deal. Um, Roma, of course, I mean, were kind enough to send him to you on loan. He didn't really play um, too much in the Serie A. Let's also not forget, though, that Roma will be in the Europa League final. And if uh, Mourinho were to uh, win that... They would be in the Champions League. I think, again, with regard to these lone players, the frustrating thing is that, uh, you know, 
their future with the club will be at the mercy of the parent club managers. And if Mourinho does like what he sees in Vigne as well, I mean, he played 26 games in Serie A the previous season um, before playing three this time around and coming to Bournemouth on loan. Um, if he values him as a, a nice, as a good youth prospect and someone who can definitely lend uh, more to the strength of the team and, you know, with Champions League football uh, potentially on the horizon, you know, that could, um, I mean, surely, you know, the player himself would love to be um, involved in that. And they're going to need a fairly big squad if they're in the Champions League. But um, if they fail to win the Europa League and they don't qualify for the CL, I'm not too sure what their position is in the league right now. I'll have to look that up and see. Um, Mourinho might say, you know what, Matthias, go to the South Coast, enjoy playing and um, just um, d develop yourself and make a life for yourself. So again, it'll be up to the manager. But again, this is another um, person on uh, for which I agree with the two of you. Keep. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, no. You know, I'll I tell you what, I, I, it's a good point. You can't send 15 million in the post. Maybe you'd have to send it a little bit like lock, stock and two smoking in barrels. Well, you know, a couple of heavies oh, over to Roma. No. And then, all right, Mr. Mourinho, here we are. There's your 15 million. We're having Vino. If memory serves me right, I think former <laughs> Wimbledon and Wales international Vinnie Jones was in that movie. He was, yeah. That's that's yeah, who that I was yeah, trying to do the impression yeah. of. That was terrible, to be it's fair. Spot on, Manny. Because you see, the problem is, Manny, is that Craig likes to do these impressions and make you think he's Vinny Jones when actually he sounds more like Frank Butcher from EastEnders. But anyway, <laughs> carry on. Let's move on to our next player and our final player. Jack Stacy. Now, this one for me is a bit of a funny one, and I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. I like Jack Stacy personally. I think attacking wise, I think he's more suited as a wing back and a and a more attacking right sided midfielder than he is a, a, a like an orthodox right back. Yeah. Um. You got Smithy. Yes. And we all know, you know, vice captain. But there's been some spells this season where, you know, no disrespect to Smithy. Again, another favourite player of mine. Um, another one I got on one of my many shirts. Um, it, it's been times where you can see maybe the pace ain't quite there. Mm -hmm. Fredericks, I mean, where's he been all season? I mean, when he has played, he's been fantastic, Fredericks. But where's he been? You know, Injured. he's not fit. And yeah. when we signed him, that was the first thing a West Ham fan told me. He won't stay fit. That was the first thing I got told, um, yeah. which is a shame because he's a cracking player. And mm -hmm. um, this is where Jack Stacy, for me... I think we need to go into the market for a new right back. Um, for me, even though I like Stacey, um, I mean, he's on the shirt behind me. If uh, when, when everybody uh, can see the three of us again, you'll see the Stacey shirt behind me. Um, for me, I release. I release to create room in the squad to potentially bring in another player. I'm going to throw a curveball here. My curveball 
is with regards to Adam Smith. Now, if I'm right in thinking, Adam Smith has got a year remaining on his contract. Mm-hmm, that's correct. I would, and this sounds ridiculous because, of course, Stacey hasn't played very much. Um, Fredericks has been out injured. Um, I would, if anybody comes in for Smith or, you know, we can get some money for Smith, I would let him go. Can't see it. No, can't see it. It's probably the wages that he's on. It's probably the wages that he's on why clubs wouldn't. Because I think he would do a job at in the championship team oh, at Smith. Uh, yeah. I just think but I can't see anybody wanting to physically pay 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 money for him. I just think that Jack Stacy Jack Stacy is a good player. good player. I, I like him. Like I've said, I, I like him. Defensively, I do question him at times. But going forward, he's a good, strong player. His crosses sometimes are pinpoint. Some of the they crosses are. he puts in. I mean, you could look back at the last championship season. Some of the crosses he was putting in were pinpoint. Mm. But then again, you got to weigh up, is championship his level? I don't know. But I, I think personally... You know, I see where you're coming from, your curveball, and you're absolutely right in what you're saying. I'm not yeah. disagreeing with you at all. Um, I just think I can't see anybody coming in and paying for Smithy. Um, for me, I'd probably, do you know what? In, in hindsight, what you would probably do is you'd probably let Fredericks go, let him have his contract and go. Yeah. He's not, he can't prove his fitness, can he? Then you could possibly run with Jack Stacey and 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 Smithy, and maybe look at bringing in a new right back to maybe replace Smithy at the end of his contract. Yeah, um, something like that. But I, maybe I'm being harsh by just saying release. I mean, I like him. Do you know what I mean? I, I like I like Stacey. Um, I think if we can, was he the most attractive player in the Premiership or something, or have I just made this up? What Jack Stacey? Yeah, did he did he win some poll that he was like one of the most attractive players in the Premier League? Did he? I've I've never seen that in a million years. Never seen that in a million okay, years. Okay. But I tell you what, that's quite funny though if he has. So yeah, if anybody knows of that poll, you know, leave it in the comments section because um, we do want a bit of a giggle. Um, yeah, to be honest, I I don't know who would he have been up against. I don't even know. No idea. No, it's not something I'm <laughs> much interested in. No, gentlemen, I'm really glad that you've um, raised this question here because I'm just taking a look at the um, statistics for this season. Both Fredericks and Stacey have played about um, nine games each in the Premiership, yeah. whereas yeah. the uh, long-serving Smithy, he of uh, more than um, he of close to 300 appearances for the Cherries has played 22 games. Yes. And um, under normal circumstances, with his, um, you know, long service, um, Smithy would potentially, you know, be one of the um, guys trusted to captain Bournemouth. And I think he did captain them once. But um, there is, of course, doubt over his long-term future. And yet he has played in 22 games. 
So it doesn't really help when you have um, a guy who's, um, you know, obviously played for as long as he has, and then two other guys supposedly competing with him for the right back slot who've, you know, just not been able to um, get a look in through um, injury. So um, I think, you, you know, with, with regard to Stacey, I'm actually leaning towards what you're saying, Craig, and saying, you know what, it might be best that we keep him because you don't want to have a situation where, yeah, I mean, let, let's say even if um, Smith um, continues to stay fit and starts as the first choice right back next season, you know, you will still need some cover in that area. We don't even know yeah. if Fredericks is going to, um, you know, continue to stay fit, but we could possibly give him the benefit of doubt. And then you can look um, to um, getting a new right back in. Uh, maybe someone like, um, say, a Walker Peters, who was with um, Southampton, I think, or you know, with Southampton being relegated, you know, they will obviously be putting up a fire sale of several of their players. Um, I, would e I wouldn't even mind recommending um, uh, Maitland-Niles, except, uh, you know, he hasn't exactly... Um, I mean, he's done okay, but not, not exactly been a world beater. But maybe um, uh, Bournemouth and um, Gary O'Neill could be the club and the manager he needs to sort of really, um, you know, set things right. With Southampton, it was, uh, you know... I wouldn't say doomed from the start, but always going to be a little bit difficult for him. But I'd say keep Stacey. Keep Stacey because you, um, with the players you've got, with their injuries and so forth, and with Smithy, you know, get it. Maybe, I don't know, maybe not necessarily getting on a bit, but certainly having a few questions asked about him. You don't want to be in a situation where you sell someone too hastily and end up regretting it later on, scrambling to buy someone. So Agreed. I'd keep him if I can. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, and actually, interesting one on the subject of Maitland-Niles. Um, a lot of Bournemouth fans would probably think, I don't want to sign Maitland-Niles. He's been relegated with Southampton, blah, 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 blah. I think that is a perfect reason, because he's a youngster, I think it's a perfect reason to actually sign him. And I'll tell you why. is because he has experience of that. If we're in a relegation battle, he knows what's happened and what's gone wrong this season. If he learns from that, you know, he's going to be a better player for the experience that he's had this year. I agree completely. I mean, obviously, at Arsenal, he was a member of the uh, team. He did play his role in our FA Cup win in 2020, which was Arteta's first trophy, just never seemed to get any opportunities. And I think he was also victim of a poor narrative from the press that he was only willing to play in the centre of midfield, but he'd be happy to play in whatever position he want, uh, uh, was wanted yeah. of him. And of course, ironically for Southampton, he ended up being um, a fullback anyway. But he can play either fullback or in the centre of midfield. So he does offer you a little bit of versatility. Uh, former England youth international and, of course, um, a member of the uh, team that won the uh, Under-20 World Cup in 2017. And um, he also played under Jose Mourinho at um, Roma. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he wouldn't be a bad, sh uh, a bad shout. But, uh, you know, back to Stacey, I think you might need to keep him and maybe with um, Fredericks as well. You might need to monitor their progress and then move the team on from them, perhaps. Definitely, definitely. Well, let's move on to the next part of the show, which, let me bring it up. Drum roll, please. That's terrible. <laughs> the Up the Cherries in all departments, player of the season. So there was three nominations. 
those three nominations we will go through in a second. Well, the player that won it was Neto. Um, the other nominations was Jefferson Lerma and Dominic Solanke. Um, so Neto won it. And let's have a look at the poll results. Um, 43%, 56 votes. Um, Neto finished on with Jefferson Lerma second and Dominic Solanke third. But all three players have been brilliant. You could have an argument for every single player being on there, really, couldn't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I, I thought Jeff would have won it himself. Um, hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Down to our uh, voting panel. Uh, Neto is crowned up the cherries in all departments. Player of the season 2022 23. There we are. And who nominated Neto, Matt? Not gonna say, you know, big myself <laughs> up, but you know, I could say, you know, and you know, obviously, a lot of people, you know, agree with Neto as well. But like I say, like you just said, there's several, seven, eight players that could have, you know, Marcus Tavernier, great season, shame about his injuries, but yeah, great season. Phil Bill, Phil Bill you know, he was unlucky not to be part of these three. To you know, because obviously yourself, myself, Max, Sam, Harrison. Obviously, you know we picked the players. We were looking at probably having four, but you know, two two people fought the same player, so we had a you know we had we had three to vote for. Um, yeah. You know, Phil Bill could have easily been one of them. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, great season he's had again. Um, but yeah, fair play. The skipper's won it. And he's uh, the channel's first player of the season. There we go. There we are. So... Neto is player of the season. Um, should we go on to our next slide? Yeah, our next feature is um, Gary's Forgotten Men. So, as we know, there's players out on loan. Um, and are they going to form part of Gary's plans for the future? So, let's get it underway. Let's start this. Let's start. So, the first go. one. Gavin Kilkenny. So Gavin's been on, uh, well, joined Stoke City on loan um, in July. Of course, Irish international midfielder. Um, 
four games for Stoke and no goals. He's joined Charlton Athletic as well um, in January. Games for Charlton, eight and no goals, no assists. Is he part of Gary's plans? And should we keep or sell him? This is... This is a funny one because I've always rated Kilkenny. I have. I have. I thought he was good last season. I think, you know, he's a... Absolutely. No, you're right. I mean, the games he's played for us in the championship. When I saw him going on loan to Stoke, I thought, yep, cool. He's getting out there. He's going to be playing regular. Plenty of games in the season for him to play. Rather than being on the fringes of here, he might as well be out playing. Didn't work out for him, did it? Um, poor Stoke and, team as well. Yeah, and and Charlton as well hasn't really worked out for him. League One. Is, yeah, I mean, is he part of Gary's plans? I'm going to say no. I don't think he is anymore. And with his contract expiring in 2026, I think he sell. Yeah, I think you would do. And I think you'd have to just cut your losses. You know, you never know. It might come back to haunt us. But based on what we've seen at the moment, you know, what we've seen in Bournemouth Colours hasn't been bad. Um, oh, but not, then at again, not at all. Do you put him on loan to a side that... Because let's be honest. Let's look at the two sides he's got on loan to. Stoke have struggled in the Championship. And Charlton have struggled in League One. Mm. So do we look at sending him to... And it's always a risk because you never know what teams are going to be like. But let's... Um, Bolton Wanderers in League One, for example. Do you send him there? You know, see what he can do. And then if he doesn't make an impact for them, then sell. Um, you I, know... I... Oh, sorry, you carry on, Greg. Sorry, sorry, You could make an argument for a lot of League One sides. You could make an argument for a lot of championship sides. Would he look better if, you know, say, for example, he went to Middlesbrough, for example, slotted into a side full of decent players, and because those players around him are good, of decent quality in that level, might he perform better? Mm. Is he one of them? Yeah, I mean, for me, if he doesn't form part of Gary's plans, um, they will be willing to listen to offers. And mm-hmm. if no offers come in, then, yeah, what you're saying in terms of going out on loan, he may well find himself out in, on loan again in League One. Um, shame, because... When he burst onto the scene under Eddie Howe, he looked a cracking little player. Um, he's he's performed well in his two championship seasons for us. Um, obviously, Scott Parker didn't see him as part of his um, plans, even though he yeah. was watching at the time that he didn't have a big enough squad. Um, let him go into the championship, and, it, and it's not worked out for him. Um I, I think I think this one is a no to Gary's plans and a sell, I think. Curveball here. Another curveball. I would say 
Is he part of Gary's plans? Not at the moment. Um, not at this level. Um, what I would do, though, is I would keep him and loan him out one more time. The reasons being is that if we do that and he has a great season, but we're still in the Premier League at the end of next season, then hopefully his price will have increased. Because at the moment, we're not going to get much of it. Gavin Kilkenny, which is a shame because he's a talented player. But if he flops, as long as that side, you know, have paid the majority of his wages and somebody like Bolton, Reading, Sheffield Wednesday, somebody like that will probably do that sort of thing um, in League One. I would say, I'd say let, let him go somewhere like that for the season. And if it flops then we've not lost anything. I'm not too keen on that personally, Craig, and I'll tell you why. Because, um, you know, this particular season a season should have been the um, uh, time when which he could have used to really better himself. But as you said, he ended up joining a poor Stoke team, uh, only played three games, didn't last too long. He then went to Charlton, who were in a much lower division, only played eight games. So what is the guarantee that if you keep him and send him out on another loan deal, it's yeah. going to sort of work out as a charm. Yeah, and absolutely. I think the one thing he has in his favor is that he is 23 years old. But having said that, it's also a sort of a crossroads sort of age. You don't want to be stuck in a situation where 23 years old, you're going out on loan, trying to find um, a club that where you'll get to play, sort of trying to find yourself and then be yeah. left with t- precious too few years um, to, um, you know, make your mark. I mean, look, it worked worked out well with Emmy Martinez. He was sent out on loan to more than a few clubs, um, the likes of Wolves and Reading and so forth. And, um, and of course, he came back to Arsenal, took his chance, won the FA Cup. But then goalkeepers and outfielders, they're a different uh, breed yeah. altogether. So one scenario I would like to see happening is that um, an agreement is made with um, Bournemouth to... Um, you know, have him sign for a club back in his native Ireland because he also happens to be a fairly, I wouldn't say prolific, uh, but certainly a very um, heavily capped youth international for the Republic of Ireland. Uh, 20 caps or so for them in three years for the under-21s. And it would be a shame, really, if a guy like him, who certainly has had a taste of, you know, playing um, at a youth level internationally, <laughs> would see his um, career sort of fizzle out because... Um, no English club might be um, interested in him. And, um, of course, taking a look at his stats, his only season of note was in 2021-22. That was the promotion season when he obviously got um, you lot back to the Premiership. But sadly, he didn't make a single appearance under either Scott Parker or um, uh, Gary O'Neill because, of course, that was when he went out on loan and things haven't quite worked with him. There is a really, really good player in him. But then for his position, midfielder, You've, you're not short of quality in that area. So do you just keep him and send him on loan and have him more disillusioned? Or do you try to work out a deal with another club back in his native Ireland, perhaps, where he can play, sort of be closer to his family, rediscover some love for the game and maybe um, take it from there and, uh, you know, cut, but become a better player and maybe return to England to sign for another club? I think that is you're probably right. my, what, 
that is probably what Gary O'Neill might look to um, do with him because, you know, you can't, no, I don't think any manager would have the heart to just uh, keep a 23-year-old on the books and have him sent out on loan um, season after season and sort of demoralise him, you know what I mean? Yeah, completely yeah. understand actually where you're coming from. Shall we have a look at the next player? Yeah. Christian Sadie. So this season he's played 27 games and scored seven times. Is he part of Gary's plans? Again, no, I don't think. But is there a decent player in there? Well, he's shown that at a lower level. Could he do it at this level where we are at the moment? It's going to be a magnificent step up. I think he's one of those that maybe we should keep hold of until, you know, a good, to be honest, he's not got long left on his contract. Um, keep hold of him. Um, and maybe at the start of next season, you know, give him a couple of, you know, substitute appearances. You know, when people get, players getting leggy, when we're, say for example, if we're in control of a particular game. Um, because I, I think there's a very talented player in there from what I've seen of him, but at the same time, is that player a Premier League player? Uh, don't think so at the moment, but I would like to be proven wrong there. Um, no, not part of Gary's plans. Um, and I would probably let him go. Because you've got a decent league player in there. Um, as a striker, seven goals, 27 games. It's not what you'd call prolific. Um, mm. Is he going to edge any new signing that we make out of the team? Is he going to edge out anyone that's currently in the team or on the bench currently? I don't think so. Mm. Um, so I would... I would... Um, yeah, let go, and um, yeah, he's definitely not part of Gary's plans, I don't think. Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, from this season, he certainly seems to have um, found the net and started to find his bearings, so, um, you know, wisdom would say that maybe it would be better to let him go, but then taking a look at your season, um, gentlemen, if we take a look at the goals that you've scored, I mean... The goal difference that you have of negative uh, 33, all down to conceding 70 goals and scoring only 37. Yeah. I do get what you're saying when you say that, um, you know, you want to um, have a player who could possibly, um, uh, you know, who, who could possibly, as Matt said, edge out some of these more established um, people in the team. But when you score 37 goals over the course of a season at the rate of exactly a goal a game with one game left to go, it's not really um, a good um, total. No. And you do understand, and you, and you might have to consider that maybe some of these more heralded players. I know Solanke was um, ne uh, nominated for Player of the Season, but I really do want to um, find out just, um, you know, for this particular season, how many goals he's. Um, who has been your, been your top scorer? In fact, I've got the stats right here. The top scorer 
in the league has been Phil Billing. And uh, Solanke and Billing are, in fact, the top scorers for the entire season. Seven yeah. goals each. And how many does um, Sadie have for Shrewsbury? Lo and behold, seven exactly. So, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily want to um, release him because, you know, when a player finally somehow manages to click while on loan at a club, um, that could be a sign that maybe he's starting to find... Um, his um, finder's feet, as it were, and maybe he could turn out to be a decent cover signing. And let's not forget, um, next season you will still have the uh, uh, League Cup and the FA Cup. Those could be games where I probably wouldn't mind seeing him have a substitute appearance or two to see if he can, um, uh, you know, find his feet there. Because, I mean, with the strikers that you've got right now, I know that you've um, both um, had your doubts about Kiefer Moore, and then, of course, some Semenyo. I don't know how prolific um, he's been. Uh, and then Jaden Anthony obviously has lent a great deal of speed. But in terms of scoring, I'm not too sure if he's necessarily been prolific. And then, of course, you've got Phil, Bill and um, Dom Solanke. So I actually would like to think that if you do have, um, ha- have, a, have someone like Sadie coming back in with his confidence a little bit higher... Because let's not forget, it's only 21 games he's played. And um, the other guys will have played at least about 25, maybe 30 games or so. So yeah. the retur- given the returns that um, Sadie has had, I wouldn't necessarily want to you know, just um, bin him like that. I'd look at him for one more season, but then if he doesn't make the grade, then you could say goodbye. And uh, let's take a look at how old he is. 21 years old. I mean... Does that mean you, as there, well, there could be a lot more he doesn't he doesn't fall into this twenty five player category, or is it changing next season? Because I don't think he counts, does he? I thought it was twenty one and over, isn't it? No, or is it twenty three and over? I think it. Hmm. Can't remember. Someone's gonna have to check. Yeah. I think that's... Um, but, he, yeah, I mean, I've I got to say on Manny's point there, he's made a very, very good point with the player. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of made me look at it from a different perspective, to be fair. Um, I would say keep him. Gamble. Be interested to see what happens over the summer and how much action he gets during pre-season. Yeah, I would, I would gamble. Keep him another season and just see... because. We won't get much for him anyway because he's out of contract next year. But you never know; there might be a good player in there. You know, he takes he has lift off, and then we could offer him a new contract at that point. It's um, we shall see with regards yeah. to that. Let's look at the next one. Oh, this is a heartbreaking one. This is Emiliano Macondas, um, of course, signed from Brentford. Um, he is on loan at his hometown club. Do you know I like, what? I like the player. I really play. do like him. I really do like him, but I think he's one of those players that I just don't think he, I just don't think he's I, Premier League or can't break into it. Oh, sugar. Um, Yeah, it's a difficult one because I, I mean, like I say, I, 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 like, I like him. 
Um, is he part of Gary's plans? I mean, this will all depend on the transfer window, I reckon, and who they may be targeting to bring in, which may spell the end for McCondes. Um, Do you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think, I'm gonna say no, he's not part of Gary's plans. Um, will they sell him? Probably not. He'll probably see his contract out on loan somewhere. That's interesting. That's interesting what you've just said now because I was going to say he's not part of Gary's plans. And I think as much as I like the player, I think cash in now. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, cash in now. I don't know. Do you know what? I think this might be a case of where they let the player have his contract and he can move on to anywhere he wants. I mean, I take a look at his um, stats um, back in... Norway, seven league appearances, three league goals, and he's also scored—I mean, two goals in the league apparently—and he's also scored a further three in the uh, Danish um, Cup. Oh, no, 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 no! no. I'm, uh, I've read it wrong. I've read it wrong. It's free I've read it wrong. The Danish. I've read Cup. it wrong. I've read no. I've read that. I've read that wrong. I'm sorry. I've read that wrong. I mean, this season he. He's made seven league appearances and scored three goals, and that also was his first professional club where he. Um, uh, made over 100 appearances and scored nearly 40. You know what? If I were um, him, I would say, uh, you know, it's time to return home to home comforts. And the one thing against him is that he's 28. Um, he probably might want to just um, be a little bit closer to home and uh, enjoy um, the home comforts. And, you know, at least with this way, he can get he can regain some confidence, re- sort of regain his love for the game. And um, even with, um, yeah, he is going to be there on loan for the remainder of the season, which is why he's played a few games, but he has scored a few. I would, I, if I were a member of, uh, um, how do you pronounce it, Nord Salam team, I would um, speak to Gary and say, you know what, Gaz, um, we've got our old player back. I think he's happy with us. Let's um, cut a deal together and we can take him off your hands because 28 years old, he doesn't have too much long left in the game given his position. I think he will want to stay in Denmark, stay at that team and and try and just, um, you know, kickstart everything. From... He's definitely not going to be a part of Gary's plans at this rate. Nah, completely. I mean, the thing is, just, just quickly, very, very quickly before we move on to the next player, just to touch on this, when we signed McCondes... I actually did debate the longevity of the signing because I always think he's just been promoted with Brentford. Yes. He actually scored a goal at Wembley, didn't he? He did, yeah. And they let him go. He scored a goal against us. They let him go after a Wembley final Mm. when they get promoted. That says to me that Thomas Frank didn't think he would make it in the Premier League. And that's where we are. And I personally think that is, yeah, that's where we are, Craig. That's where we are. He's done a job for us in the championship. I mean, even then, he didn't get game time he wanted. Um, You know, he was signed as, well, I think he signed before Paul uh, Paul Parker, uh, Scott Parker actually signed. So, um, you know, and then he wasn't used as much in the championship as, you know, you thought he would be. And am I surprised he went out on loan? Not really. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know he scored a hat trick for us against Yeovil in the FA Cup. You know, last season, and he had glimmers. I mean, at the start of the season, he looked good. He popped up with a few goals, didn't he? But yes, he kind of just sort of fizzled out. And I did debate the longevity of it when we signed him. But hey ho, you know, we'll see what happens. But I think, you know, Matt, what Manny said there is is you know, it's, it's probably you know along those lines of you know, he's he's probably not part of Parker's Barry uh, O'Neill's plans, but um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I would say it's probably time to, 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 to move on in some capacity. But let's hit the next one. Let's go. Go on. Let's do it. Let's do it. Jamal Lowe. So joined QPR in January 2023. This is an easy one for me. Uh, it's a no for me. And I think we have to sell him. Um I think there's a very good player in there, but I think the championship is his level. And to be honest, QPR have kind of fallen off a cliff, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I, I, another one that I thought, you know, when we signed him in the in the January, it, we we signed him to get us across the line. You know, he's he's decent at that level, yes. um, and I I I don't think he's quite what we need um, mm-hmm. he's been a good player for us when he has played but I don't think he's part of Gary's plans and I would I would probably cash in or again he will see the rest of his contracts out on loan agree uh, can we all agree on um, you know something if a lo- if a loanee is um, 26 or 27 or older immediately sell him He's 28 years old. He's already a full international with Jamaica. And uh, I think you've pretty much nailed it. He might not be at that elite Premier Premier League level, but um, he can certainly have a decent career elsewhere in either the, in the English League. Oh, yes. So, 28, years, 28 years old. He's not really going to develop further. No. Cut no. him loose. Totally agree. Yeah. I Next would one. send him back to QPR. I would I would let him go back, and I'm, I think he's enjoyed it there, hasn't he? But even though they've not done very well, from what I understand, he's enjoyed it there. You know, if QPR want him, I would let him go there. Yeah. Ah, Dembele. Um, this is the weirdest one for me. Well, you go out on loan for. One reason, and that's to play games. He's played one game. Hmm. I mean, he's a player with a lot of potential, but is he a Premier League player? He's got a hell of a lot of potential. And also, hell of a lot of potential. Also, how old is he? 26. See, is he going to develop much further? No, hmm. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. But I really like the player. You know, I can't forget. Was it Blackpool we played? You know, when he... Yeah, yeah. Outstanding. But that's championship, isn't it? That's championship. Yeah, this is the problem, isn't it? Look at what he's played in the Premier League. Sometimes he has come off the bench for, you know, a cameo. And he's looked pretty decent. But he just didn't seem to be given any real game time in the Premier League to be able to judge... 
mm. how he would hold him, you know, con conduct himself at this level. Um, you know, we've also got to look at it from the potential of what power have we now got in the transfer market? You know, what players can we now attract in the transfer market? And I think for someone like Dembele, I think if we'd have signed him maybe two, three years earlier, he would have had a decent Bournemouth career. But I can't see him being part of the plans. Do you know what? I completely agree. You know, when I think about it, um, there's a talented player in there. Um, but that talented player... I'll say this. I'll put my neck out there. You know, if I was Coventry or Luton, and I was just being promoted, I would look at this player. I would look at Shriki Dembele and think, actually, he can do a job. He can do a job. Um, he might be fantastic for him. You know, I think there is a lot of quality in Dembele, but not here. Not here. And I think cash him. I agree. I mean, he went out on loan for a season, only played one game, 26 years old. I think it's best for him if he finds a new club. Simple as that. Well, I think he could probably play in the Premier League. Manny, nice short yeah. and sweet, and then Craig goes on a, on, a, on a Benny about him being able to play in the Premier League. <laughs> Let's short I mean, and sweet but, like Manny, short and sweet. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's actually rather harsh. You can't call it sweet, but you take a look at his career stats. He's mostly played in either League One or the Championship and only six games in the Premier League and just hasn't quite, you know, um, worked for him. And uh, it is harsh, but sometimes you have to be a little bit harsh. It's a question of, like, um, you know, selling him for a decent fee and helping him find um, his feet. I would actually like to see him go to uh, go back to Scotland, maybe, because um, he was actually, of course, um, in the youth systems at Dundee and um, Air United. That's Dundee United and Air United. And then, yeah. of course, um, he came down to England. Maybe Scotland could be a place where a lot of English um, guys could go to um, resurrect their careers. And maybe he can find some happiness over there, maybe either in the Scottish, maybe either in the Scottish Premiership or maybe in the um, Scottish um, Championship, the division below that. He can work his way up and maybe um, rediscover his, um, you know, happiness and potential and love for the game. Um, in England, I think I don't know if he's going to get the opportunity, but Scotland, maybe it's time to move back up north. Fair enough. Fair enough. Should we have a look at the next one, guys? Go on. Ben Pearson. So, um, joined Stoke on loan um, in January 2023. 14 appearances, no goals. So, he's done a lot better for Stoke than. You know, of course, um, another Kill player, Kilkenny, that played for us. Uh, well, that plays for us. Um, this is a difficult one. This is a difficult one. Ben Pearson. Ben Pearson, Ben Pearson. I like him. He's tough. He's hard. But he's not Premier League. And if that case, and looking at his contracts and looking at his age, I think it's got to be 
you know, I think we've got to let Ben Pearson go. Yeah, I mean, some of these obviously will return. Most of these, all of these will return for pre-season as it stands, will not it? So yeah. room has got to be made in the squad somewhere. So, yeah, unfortunately, I have to agree. Yeah. Uh, my first question, gentlemen, is why do you have a picture of Ben Peterson and I mean Pearson and uh, the uh, details of Dembele? It's not the details of Dembele actually. <laughs> what it is is it's the um, it's the actual details of Pearson. Yeah, like, I ah. just forgot to change the name. Um, yeah, it's busy week, busy week. So I've been prepping a lot of this stuff. Uh, about forty minutes before we kicked off, so <laughs> yeah. Fine. But uh, any anyway, don't, don't worry about it. And as I said, he's twenty eight years old. Uh, no room for sentiment here. It is very harsh, but sometimes you have to be harsh. And um, listen, he could find another club in the Championship or League One, maybe. Um, I hope he does. But uh, he he he's one of those players that you can't afford to um, hold on to, and. Um, um, of course, former Manchester United youth player, but never made much headway there and has played in League One and the Championship for most of his career. He had seven appearances this season in the Premier League before going out to Stoke City. Um, I think it might be time for him to uh, to find a new club um, outside the Premier League and then maybe, you know, just continue plodding on there. I really don't think um, uh, Gary will want to keep him. Simple as that. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Next one. Yep, go for it. James Hill. Joined Hearts on loan. Uh, January 2023. 16 appearances, no goals. Uh, James Hill, of course, he is defender. Um, so I think there's a good, decent player in there. But again, are we shopping in a different... I think... With James Hill, we're probably shopping it in a different market now than when he joined. Mm. I mean, the only thing is for me is his is his age. He's still young, isn't he? He is, yes. Um, so is it a case of that? You know, I mean, he's got till the summer of twenty twenty six on his contract. Um, he's still developing as a player, isn't he? Yeah. I know a Cherries fan that actually, you know, took quite an interest in him when he was at Fleet's, Fleetwood. And, you know, he said there's such a talented player in there. Such a talented player in there. But was, are we shopping in a different market? Wasn't he Fleetwood's first million pound transfer? He was, I think, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen enough of him. You know, I mean, if you see him in training every day and, you know, I mean, I haven't seen any Hearts games that he's played either. Um, you know, I, I think that he will remain at the club. Um, yeah. But I think he will potentially have another season away from the club. Yeah. And I would send him to the championship this time. Yes. Somewhere like that. Um, Top end of the championship and Middlesbrough. To see how or... he develops. But then again, uh, I, this is a weird one for me. You know, with defenders, 
do you necessarily want them to go to the top end of the championship? Do you want them to go to Rotherham, for example? Now, Rotherham might not be as nice as Middlesbrough or Sunderland or somewhere like that, but Rotherham are going to struggle. And as a defender, you know, you're going to have a lot of chances to show how you can defend and how you can manage that defence. You know, whereas if you're in a team that is good quality, then the ball's down the other end most of the time and you're just passing it from the back. There's no real threat. You've got a good defender next to you. Yeah, maybe you can learn from that. But sometimes it's better to go to a weak team where you are having to make a lot of challenges. Think about your positioning, corners, you know, coming up against some big men, you know, at the corners in the championship. Is that a better, better education for him? Mm. Yeah, it could be. Could well be. It could well be. But yeah, I mean, I think I've. Um, the thing with me with regard to Hill is that you know he's uh, he joined Hearts in January, played about more than a dozen games for them, which is actually really really good, and. Um, Hearts actually, if memory serves me right, are quite are doing quite well in the Scottish Premiership. Of course, it is what you would call a farmers' league with Celtic running away with it before faltering late on. Rangers will fi- finish second, and um, you know, Hearts actually do have a chance of uh, making it in Europe. And playing in Scotland is certainly not. Um, I mean, let's not go go ahead and diss the quality of the Scottish. Premiership is actually a pretty decent um, league, yeah. and I will check the uh, current season for Heart of Midlothian and just confirm where they are. Yeah, um, the table will pretty much confirm that uh, they will. I mean, they are actually currently in fourth, not third, and so with um, maybe a round of games to play, they will reach the uh, second qualifying round of the Europa Conference League. So he could have European action. And Hearts are one of those clubs um, who will obviously look to try to uh, maintain their position at the top um, of the, uh, I mean, sort of in the top area of the table. So it is quite a challenge for him. And I think he might relish um, going back to um, Edinburgh for another season and sort of um, experience, um, you know, playing with a few Scottish internationals and a few and um, the uh, atmosphere over there. He might actually enjoy it. And of course, because he's so young, you know, you can't just um, throw him away. Keep him, send him on loan, either back to Edinburgh or maybe to another club, as um, Matt has said. I mean, Fair enough. I keep I keep saying it's the age that is uh, is um, sort of um, a good bargaining chip for him, really. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Look at the next one. Yep, the final one, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it's our final one. So, Will Dennis, um, obviously, for... Um, Part of last season was our second choice keeper, wasn't he? Mm. Um, he's obviously gone on loan to Slough, played 21 games, keeping four clean sheets. But the goalkeeping department's very strong at the minute, and there's only one place. And, and the thing is, it's, it's very difficult, you know, say for example, defenders rotate 
goalkeepers don't really because you know a goalkeeper will only be replaced if another one is injured mm-hmm. yeah so obviously as it stands you've got Neto number one Travis is number two yeah and uh Randolph is third choice now, I'm not too sure what Darren Randolph was thinking leaving West Ham to come to Bournemouth, no disrespect, but with West Ham, he was a part of a team that was uh, competing for European silverware, and this season they could win the Conference League. And now at Bournemouth, he could very well end up being third choice. I don't even know what sort of involvement he's got. But, you know, you, you pretty much said it. I mean, there are three go- senior goalkeepers right now. Um, all three of them have been internationals for their um, countries. Both of them, uh, two of them Irish, in fact. So with um, Will Dennis, um, yes, he's got age on his side, but then do you really uh, um, keep him and loan him again? No, this might be an exception to the uh, rule of the um, ages where you say you don't just want to keep a young keeper like him on the books just for the sake of having him learn and train under three senior goalkeepers and not have any real um, tangible first team action. You can't have him uh, continuing to play for the youth team and the reserves. He needs to develop his game, I think, and um, maybe it might be right to, um, you know, let him go and find a new club, but you could always um, buy him back if, um, I mean, let's say Randolph um, retires and Neto also gets on a little bit. Maybe in the future he could be an option. Who knows? Yep, I completely agree. Completely agree on that one. Well, that concludes that concludes having a look at um, the Forgotten Men, doesn't it? It certainly does. It certainly does. So, of course, this weekend, um, last game of the season, we travel up to Goodison Park. It's a big game for them. Probably not so big for us. Um, you know, Leeds and Leicester are hoping that we can do them a favour. Um, let's have a look our history against the Toffees and also the players that have played for both. This isn't going to be a long one. Um, so, <laughs> of course, players who were once a Toffee, but also was once a Cherry as well. So the first player is Joe Parkinson. Um, he played for both Everton and Bournemouth course was in the 1995 FA Cup final. Paul Rideout scored the winner in that final, um, but also played one season at Dean Court. Next is... Next. Asmir Begovic. Um, Yes. So, yes, a big, big man in the goal. Um, Good goalkeeper. Um, Of course, had two stints here as well. Did he did he had a lone stint when he was um, a much younger goalkeeper when he was at Pompey? Um, yeah, um, good keeper, like you say, Craig. Um, obviously dropped down to the Championship with us, didn't he? If Everton get relegated, Jordan Pickford is bound to move on. Um, you could well see Begovic as their number one in the Championship and. That wouldn't surprise me. He did it for a season with Bournemouth. I'm sure he'd do it for a season with Everton. 
Yep, definitely. Let's have a look at the next one. Yunan O'Kane, um, of course, was in the squad um, at the start, well, for the first season in the Premier League. Yes. Um, joined Leeds, didn't he, for a while? Yeah, he went to Leeds. Um, and that was the player that I forgot to put on the Leeds, played for both. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. Yeah, he went on to Leeds after us, um, but uh, began his youth youth days um, at uh, Everton. So uh, let's uh, have a look at the next player, Sylvan Distan. Very much travelled. Good player. Um, he still lives locally, actually. Um, in, in, in the Bournemouth pool area because um, uh, he actually uh, trains at the gym with uh, a friend of mine and um, she was training with him for about, I don't know, I think about two, three, four months before she realised who he was. And um, uh, nice guy, nice guy as well. But um was really useful for Bournemouth in our, in our first season in the Premier League. Um yeah, good player, good strong player. Much travelled, like you say, Manny. Pompey, Man City, Everton, obviously Bournemouth. Anyone else? I'll have to look him up and uh, say. I mean, you mentioned Fulham, Manchester City, obviously. Those are the um, names that come to my mind. Uh, French former footballer. Let's see what clubs he's um, had. Newcastle United, and of, of course, course, before that, Paris Saint-Germain. Of course, Newcastle, yes, of course. And with Portsmouth, he was a part of the team that won the FA Cup under a certain Mr. Henry James Redknapp. Of course, of course. Well, let's go to the next one. Dan Goslin. Oh, yes. He's featured, he's featured a lot lately on Cherry Picking. Um yes, played played for Everton. I do believe Everton purchased him from uh Plymouth Argyle, I do believe. Yes, that's correct. Yep. And he also uh went on to represent Newcastle as well. But uh yeah, that's Dan Goslin. So uh like I say, we've got quite a bit recently with the number fours and other clubs. So uh let's have a look at the next one. And another guy that we've seen quite a lot of lately, uh, yes. Josh King. And this last one's quite a funny one. Crikey. Now, I don't know if anyone wants to have a go at pronunciation here. Maybe Manny's the man. Pajani Vidarsson. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Pajani Vidarsson. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think he was kind of on the fringes of, of the first team. I don't think he made many first team appearances at Everton, but um, we played Everton in a friendly um, at Dean Court. Um, <laughs> we brought quite a full strength squad down, side down, actually. I'll go back down to when Vidardson signed after so i'm going back to yeah. 2005 2004 
Um, and he, he actually played in that game. Um, and then we signed him on loan. Um, but yeah, so that is the end of our um, played for both this week. Um, I've probably missed people. Um, like I say, I've had a busy old week, as Craig well knows. And yes. um, so if I have missed anybody, please pop it in the comments and then I can go into the corner of the room and kick myself. <laughs> honestly don't worry don't worry um let's have a look this is going to be long at um the results oh the history of the head-to-head -head. the history of the head-to-head -head between everton and Bo afc bournemouth is one page yeah. um <laughs> well, uh, spending the majority of their history in the top flight and Paul was spending the majority of their history in the basement of the leagues. Um, there's been very limited action. Yes. Now, prior to the year 2015, we played... Um, <laughs> we played Everton three times. 1937 and twice in 1985 mm -hmm. um all cup games uh which we lost yeah. all of them coincidentally mm -hmm. um but then we have the premier league era where obviously we started in 2015 in november with that epic 3-3 draw at dean court which a lot of people will remember um then the couple of wins we've had at dean court um around 2016 2017 um but as you can see our recent form against everton um has been pretty good so the last game obviously the game we got relegated um we beat them 3-1 yes um then we had a cup game um this year, didn't we, at Dean Court? We played him on the we Tuesday. Did, yeah. And then we played him again on the Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and obviously that was when Mr Lampard was in charge and uh, we managed to beat him convincingly both times. Um, so it's going to be a different kind of game on Sunday in comparison to the previous two. Um, it's going to be like a cauldron up there um, and they are going to want to get that win to obviously stay in the Premier League. Um, and play us again next year, where hopefully we can beat them again. <laughs> you look at all say, the... go, go ahead, Craig. Sorry about that, mate. You look at all the results against them, and to be honest, we've got quite a decent record against Everton. We have. have. Yeah. This is a one-off. This isn't like a Premier League game. This is a game that Everton are desperate to win. They have to win it. Well, it's, a, it's a cup final for them, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Well, what I, I the thing is with the Everton games, they've always been goal scoring games. Yeah. So, do you know what Sunday? I, I'm going to predict that we see quite a few goals. That's an interesting one. Now, which net they go in? <laughs> I'm not going to say. Because I don't know, because it's one of those games. It's going to be cagey at times. I don't it's think it cagey. will be. I don't think it will be. In fact, what I would suggest is I'm not going to tell you what my prediction is here. But if you go on to the opposition preview show, 
And if you also go on to the show with regards to who is staying in the Premier League, that will tell you my prediction. But I don't think it's going to be as, you know, crazy as the previous games. I think it's going to be very, I think it's going to be a lot closer. Maybe the scoreline might not be in the end. I think if Bournemouth score first, that place is going to erupt. Because they are going to have to get behind them to get back in the game. It could go the other way. And this is what I was saying to uh, Connor with regards to... I think that the Everton fans might get really on their back and there'd be a lot of anger around Goodison Park if they go 1-0 down. Especially, imagine that, coupled with a goal elsewhere. Those players will know it. But when I spoke to Benjamin Bloom, and I have to agree with him on this, if Everton take the lead early on, it'll be very difficult to get back in it because we all we're really playing for is an increase in prize money. They're playing for survival and every ball at that point, they'll, their fans will be kicking with them. And I think it's going to be a very, very difficult game. I think you'll find how it's going to go will be dictated in the first 20 minutes. Um, you know, if we score first, it could be all shackles off. It could be a crazy place that, you know, um, it's going to be very, very hostile. If they score first, then those fans are really going to get behind their side. It's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Um, obviously, we are doing the uh, watch along. We are, yes, um, yes. There'll be three of us doing uh, the watch along again this time. Uh, be myself, Craig, and uh, doing the watch along. And hopefully, we will have our very own Chris Kamara in Carlard, who will hopefully be joining us as well to yes. keep us results. So, um, yeah, it should be a good one. Um, mm-hmm. not, not heading to the game, then tune in and. Um, be good to uh, see everybody there, and straight after, about an hour or so after, I think we're doing yeah. it. Aren't we? Will be the traditional Sunday evening free for all, which we were announced yes. the time in due course. Um, and probably going to be a little bit more what random and you know get as many Connor. people as we can, and and then just talk about games of the day in general I suppose really and rather than just focusing on the uh, Bournemouth Everton game if other teams join us we'll um, we'll uh, chat about their games as well so it could be quite an interesting free for all um, Connor from the Toffee Blues has said that he will come on um, interesting I would say leave that probably you know in the back of our minds that he might come on um, but if I was him and if Everton do stay up, I'd be out on the town and getting absolutely wasted. So um, there we go. 
we don't blame you, Connor, if you're not going to end up coming on. So <laughs> if you're celebrating too hard. Um, <laughs> so there we are. Um, very, very short history with Everton. And like I say, please go check out that relegation show. It is about an hour and a half long, but you can find out from each of the club's fans and then find out my predictions at the end. And I even put in the little graph. And what we'll do is we'll collect some predictions from the panel as well. And we'll put those into a separate video. So if you want to find out what we all predict, go ahead. So let's have a look at the Hall of Fame. And the winner of the Hall of Fame... I, I was going to try and do it in American accent. I was going to try and do it in American accent. No, you know, no, 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 please. No. Don't, don't. <laughs> there you are, Manny Smoking. <laughs> Darren Anderton. <laughs> yeah, we'll now join the likes of uh, Super Fletch, Ted McDougall, Red Knapp and Luther Blissett and the names are starting to really build up in there now so uh, thanks to everybody voting every week um, mm-hmm. there will be one more round of the Hall of Fame um, yes. which you'll see at, we'll have a look at in a second um, but then the Hall of Fame will return um, in August yep it um, will do so we will uh, the summer we will we will have a break from the hall of fame for the summer so uh yes. but just have a look at daz's stats um he was up against mark steen and jimmy case to which he earned 53 percent of the vote yes you know coming in there at 40 percent which was um yeah quite uh quite a good percentage for steeno i, I thought daza was going to walk away with it but uh steeno kept uh Kept uh, tabs on him, and uh, unfortunately, Jimmy Case ended with 8%. Yeah. Let's take a look at the Hall of Fame as it stands now after last week's inductees and this week's inductees. So now we have a grand total of... What's that there? 10 players, isn't it? 10 players? 11. 11, is it? 11. 11 in there now. Got a whole squad. Got 11 now. Almost a whole squad, except you got two goalkeepers, but just yes. <laughs> a few more outfielders, and that would be it. I mean, you'd yeah. have a squad that would be uh, good enough to give any Premiership team a run for their money. Two decent five-side teams, eh? Definitely, definitely. Uh, well, I tell you what, it will be an outfielder player this week. Yes, it will be. It will be because uh, Craig, you've chosen them this week on I the have, theme yeah. of. What was it, the 2014-15 squad, wasn't it? Exactly, yes. Right, So So the first one is Tommy Elphick. Um, He's a strong leader, took us into the Premier League the first time round, of course, captain. Um, Dependable defender. He was never scared of dodging a tackle. Good in the air. And he could pop up with a goal or two as well. Um, Forever remember his pre-match superstition with the goalpost as well. And of course... Tommy is part of the club still at Dean Court. And also, there was a mural, wasn't there, in Lansdowne um, yes. of Tommy yes. Elphick? Yeah, well, i tell you what, if, if nobody's seen... Well, if any of our exiles haven't seen that, what we'll do is we'll stick it up on our Twitter account yeah, and Facebook. Definitely. The next one you've chosen then, Craig, is... Mark Pugh. Um, so we'll always be remember his goal against Bolton 
coming from League One to the Premier League, of course, signed from Hereford. Uh, Mark always gave 110%, loved his passion for playing, and he is really a true, true gentleman of the game. Um, you got to check out the foodie footballer as well, because it will make you very hungry if you haven't eaten. <laughs> so, Mark Pugh, and your final choice, Craig, tonight is... Well, everybody kind of knew that I was going to pick um, Steve Cook, one of my favourite players of all time at this football club. Um, Honestly, it was a pleasure to interview him. Um, It was just before, of course, those, that dramatic, well, he just threw his body on the line against Fulham. And I tell you what, absolutely amazing that day. He was brilliant. He was absolutely bloody brilliant that day. Um, He's got his testimonial coming up. Um, He was always reliable, put his body on the line, as it says there. Um, Great. (laughs) He scored some great goals. That one at Newcastle, that header, of course, that's in the top left-hand corner there. Um, there, I, I could not sing... I don't think there's any words that I could give to not seeing his praises. I think, you know, he's brilliant, you know, and um, lovely man who was always doing everything for anybody, you know. Um, so, yeah, Cookie has to be my choice. And if anybody's not seen it, go and watch that interview with him um, before he went to Nottingham Forest. And, um, yeah, I was a bit gutted about that. But Link will be in the description. <laughs> it will be yes yeah the link will be in the description so you can go and watch it or you could just scroll back through the interview page just go onto the main landing page scroll back through the interviews and um you'll find it you'll find it it's in all the old it's in the old style of thumbnails so um yeah if you go past the point where we transformed to a little bit more of professional shall we call it style um you will find the interview with steve cook Yeah, I have just one question. I mean, obviously, you know, until quite recently, Steve and Lewis um, were both in the team. So if um, Steve Cook was Cookie, how did you um, address Lewis? I just called him Lewis, but he was um, on the back of his shirt was L Cook. And Lewis is still at the club. And there we go. That is our Hall of Fame. You will be able to find it on Twitter. So do head over there now. So, of course, we've got one cherry picking left to go. Um, Thank you again, Matt, as always, for joining me. And also, Manny, um, it's been good fun again, hasn't it? Always, always, always. No complaints at all. I know these... uh... Episodes have a tendency to go quite long, but I'm always happy to be a part of them. No complaints. Definitely. Definitely. And thank you, everybody, for joining us. Hit the like, the subscribe, all the likes of the videos. Follow whatever it's called on your streaming platform. Um, We are absolutely everywhere now going into your ears. So until the next video, up the cherries, and we'll see you then. Thank you for joining us. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, 
But rest assured, you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.